All right, you want to get into it? Yeah, I was trying to think of, I think this is episode 28. Yeah. Episode 28. Episode 28. Welcome, welcome. It is because welcome. we said it is. What's <laughs> going on, everybody? What's going on, Joey? How you doing? Good, man. How about yourself? Uh, just uh, grinding, man. It's getting cold. It's getting dark outside. It's uh, Summer's over. Yeah, we were just talking about the pool. It's going to be closing soon. Boats are going away. Golf's coming to an end shortly. I don't know, man. I, four seasons are fucking miserable. Yeah, all we have is football and football holidays, I guess. Oh, holidays are fun. Yeah. I actually, I was having conversations with people this week, and I'm like, fuck, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving's Christmas my right favorite. The, oh, yeah. dude. Now, are you are you guys turkey people, or do you mix it in and out? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we always do turkey for Thanksgiving, and then Christmas is usually always a ham. Okay. See, I don't. Uh, I can't say never because, you know, the rest of the family sometimes. But my dad's not a ha- he a hate might be a strong word, but strongly dislikes ham. So I can't remember a holiday where we've ever had ham. Um, but what we will do sometimes is like a prime rib, it's like normally Christmas is prime rib. Thanksgiving turkey, maybe, maybe not. Uh, my thing is, though, like turkey gets a little dry sometimes, man. I don't know how like I don't know how to cook a turkey, but. Turkey is like the most mid part of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Every, no, everything else is better. Totally agree, dude. It's the sides that make the entire table. I yeah. totally agree. It, what, and what I like doing, too, is like maybe this is a little sloppy, but like I'll mix the turkey with a like, couple other things just to give it a little extra kick, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, I usually end up putting like uh, chicken seasoning, like salt or something on top of it, too. Like yeah. Christmas cookies, dude, right around the corner. <laughs> Even fucking Halloween. We're about to have our asses filled of candy. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Uh, real quick before we get into Paramore, I was at a work retreat and the Airbnb had an Aerosmith pinball machine. Oh, that's cool. It, dude, it was, it was actually one of the coolest pinball machines I've ever played at. Like, oh, yeah. it'd start off, you'd choose from like eight different songs. So it'd be like sweet emotion, walk this way. Dude looks like a lady sure. rats in the cellar. Uh, some of their, you know, big songs. Hits, yeah. So you'd pick a song. It would be playing in the background, like pretty loud. And then, cool. you'd, you know, you'd play pinball, play pinball. And then you do different things in the, like in the game and then once you like achieved a certain level of points or status or whatever like you could swap out the song for another aerosmith song okay that's cool yeah like you had to hit it in like the crank it up section when like the song selector ah, was okay you gotta slide it up the ramp and hit it through the wheel and yeah, yeah yeah dude it was that was like the most fun i've had playing pinball in a while pinball's a blast man that uh that bowling alley we went to to go see the wrestling back in whenever they got a huge pinball selection in there yeah, I had so much fun. I looked it up. I was like, oh, I wonder how much one of these things cost. <laughs> Dude, $6,000. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's like 5500 more than I wanted to pay. <laughs> yeah, dude. Pinball machines are no like cheap investment. I mean, you can get cheap ones, but you get what you pay for. But yeah, six yeah. grand for a pinball machine is absurd. Yeah, and then as soon as something goes wrong, you have to hire like a special technician to come out. Pinball right. is. So. Not exactly. Like you can go to Home Depot and get that fixed. Right. Uh, before we get into it, I do. I want to tell a story, too. And so... I don't think I don't think I did the wrong thing in this situation, but I want to know if you would have done something different here, if you would have gone a different direction. So sure. Thursday night, I'm on a I'm on a first date in Royal Oak. Um, things are going well. I mean, we were just getting down there, but conversations going well. Everything's good. And uh, we're going to this bar kind of right behind Royal Oak Music Theater. Uh, it's like on the same block just around the corner. And. So I'm driving by and I see Royal Oak Music Theater. And there's a few people outside. And I look at the like uh, the billboard for the theater. Glorious Sons was playing. Oh, dude, I wanted to see them in concert. I had no clue. I what had no fucking clue. 
And so we get down there, and I'm looking at him. I'm like wide-eyed all of a sudden, like, holy shit. And I got this girl in the car with me, and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you ever listen to Glorious songs? Like, these guys kind of rock. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't, like, I've never really heard them. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't occur to me, but it occurred to me while I was sitting at the bar, like, fuck. I could just buy tickets, and we could just, like, fuck the bar and go there. But it didn't occur to me until I was in the bar. I was like, ah, she doesn't really know the band. I don't know. It's kind of a first date. Like, ah, whatever. And it was a Thursday night. But I went home, and I was like, wow, that date went really well. But fuck, what are Glorious Sons going to be back? Yeah, let's put it this way. It's a first date. The chances of it working out are, are slim. Right. The chances of seeing the Glorious Sons again are even slimmer. <laughs> I just, <laughs> dude. I always, every couple months, I'll scan like upcoming concerts on because they like they put it on Spotify or I'll look at Ticketmaster or whatever. Did not see that they weren't. I would have went to the concert. Like I don't, I don't. And the re- tickets were probably cheap. It was Royal Oak Music Theater. Oh, actually, probably. I was out of town. Yeah, you but were out of town, but still, still. still. And, and so I was talking to Alex about it later, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, you really should have just like tried to scalp some tickets off the street and done that instead." Because I'm like, "Fuck." We sat in a bar for like an hour and a half and then went to go get cheesecake. And instead, we could have gone to Glorious Sons. Fuck. Yeah, that would have been a weird move. Like, that it was, is a strange That definitely would have been one like in 20 years when she finds her husband. And she's like, oh, yeah, this one this one time we were going out to the bar. And then this guy took me to this random concert where I didn't even know any, the people playing. <laughs> Plus, she wasn't at all prepared for a concert. Like, she was dressed, I don't know, not like super <laughs> dressed up or anything. But like when you're not prepared for a concert, and then all of a sudden you're, you're walking into Royal Oak Music Theater with this guy. You barely know. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, but yeah, man. <laughs> what a no, bit, the, what a the move, the move would have been to. Uh, well, you, I assume you picked her up then. Yeah, yeah, yeah I picked her up. <laughs> yeah, the move would have been if you drove driven separately to, to get a phone call from <laughs> from your friend saying that there's an emergency or something, and then just w- walking over the concert. What? Mom's in the hospital? <laughs> no. Oh my god, I have to go. <laughs> yeah, that would have been the move. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, uh, all right, cool. So let's get into it. This week we have Paramore. I'll say maybe one of the top three pop punk bands of the 2000s. I'll put them up there with Green Day and and, and Blink. Is is Green Day in the same vein as pop punk? I I I think it goes back and forth. Yeah. Um. Because I think like depending on the album. Yeah, I think like American American Idiot on well American Idiot in particular is pop punk. Um. Before American Idiot was a little bit more punky, and after American Idiot was a little bit more like kind of just standard hard rocky. Um, so maybe let's keep Green Day out of the category then. No, we we can do this as a uh, as a side bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. But let let's let, you know pick your say Fallout Boy. Let's put Fallout Boy in for Green Day. Is is I don't know, man. Like these guys fucking rocked, and we talked about it a little bit on the side. But like these first four albums are fantastic hard rock pop punk pop rock like to the core uh with Haley's voice the guy the the rotating cast they had on guitar and <laughs> drums and bass and everything right they just kicked fucking ass dude it's especially with a, a woman on vocals you don't see this a lot you know bands that come to mind like the pretty reckless but it's not the same style of music um like whole with with shithead uh corny, corny love, love. Uh, but like few and far between, man. It's such a cool fucking sound. I, I I I was very excited to get your reaction to this band this week. Yeah. So my experience with Paramore before was obviously Misery Business, and then Ain't It Fun, and maybe 
one or two of their other songs sprinkled in the radio throughout the years. Haley Williams has an amazing voice. Yeah. And I totally agree. The first four albums, like there wasn't a song where I was like, ew, like, like this is just a terrible song. Like I, you know, like, like they're all, you can listen through the whole album start to finish and you're not going to find anything where you're like, wow, like I hope I never hear that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Right. There's definitely Which is hard to do. Yeah. It's kind of how I felt about uh turnpike where like there was nothing I disliked, but there's definitely some generic stuff kind of sprinkled in and a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. And I think you could say the same thing that you said for Paramore about Turnpike last week where there are points in the album where you're like, damn, I feel like I've heard this song in the last like three songs. But I think in the same vein for me as Turnpike, I like that type of music, so I don't mind it, you know? That's exactly how I felt listening through the first album. I I have an irrational love for the not not irrational, but crazy love for the second album. Um then I think the third and fourth album spice it up a little bit. They do a little bit more poppier stuff mixed in with the you know the regular programming. Um the fifth and sixth album are interesting. I guess we'll we'll get into it more later, but yeah. they definitely they made s- some more changes with the band. They switched to a a, a flat out like I don't want to call it girl pop, but like it's a different sound. It's a different sound. It's not what you expect from Paramore, um, and I'm not a fan. So <laughs> we'll get into it as we go. But uh, I was very ex- very excited to get into it this week. Uh, so currently, currently again, we mentioned they've gone through. A lot of different iterations of this band, but currently the set list for this band is Haley Williams on vocals, Taylor York on guitar, and Zach Farrow on drums, three-piece. Um, obviously performing and, and making music with more than that, but that's the, the cast right now. Um, do you have anything, maybe like accolades, whatever you want to get into here? Yeah, real quick. Uh, they got a ton of awards uh, for Grammys, four-time Grammy nominee, one winner for Best Rock Song. Ain't it fun? And 11-time Teen Choice winner. I just scanned, like, the Wikipedia for all the different, like, award shows. And yeah. they were all, like, you know, one, two, three. But the Teen Choice winners, they're 11-time winners. So that was kind of funny. Uh, billions of streams on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, whatever you want to, you know, measure. And then in terms of a quick fun fact, the band name Paramore actually came from the maiden name of the mother of one of the former bass players before the lineup was finalized. Uh, so the band liked it so much that they decided to kind of adopt it as their name. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a. Uh, it's it's just kind of right in the middle of the pack as far as band names go for me. It's not an awesome band name. It's not a bad band name. It's just is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's yeah, it's average. If we're gonna that yeah. would, that would actually be a fun little bit is to rank band, band names. names. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make a tier list of band names. <laughs> it's an all right band name. It just is what it is. I don't know. Yeah, Especially yeah. as hard as they are. Like they talk too about having this like um, alliteration to the to the other spelling of Paramore, which is like a secret lover. Um, secret lover is not at all the vibe I get from the first two albums. Even let's call it. No, and the other thing I did want to say too, when they were originally forming the band, the label wanted to sign Haley Williams as like a solo act and make her like a pop act, and she's like, no, 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 I kind of want to do like I I want to do like the the alt rock or you know whatever right. you want to call it, like and I want to have like a band backing me. So she kind of fought for that, which is cool and which is crazy too, because she was pretty young when they were doing all this. Yeah, so she started out when she was fifteen, which is crazy. Yeah, so that would have happened when she was what like sixteen. 15, 16, she's, she's pushing back against Atlantic Records, not exactly mom and, shop, mom and pop A&R. Like, that's insane. Yeah, and you know what else is cool is that, like, she met 
Taylor and the Farrell brothers back when she was just starting out too. Like, it's just crazy that, you know, you meet your band members at such a young age and you have such wild success, like coming out of, or still in and then coming out of high school. Yeah, you don't see that. And that's something they talk about a lot in their early years with, with kind of the fame they had is like, you don't see that with such young players, but like, and a lot of the notes I got today are straight from genius because Haley Williams talks about every song, like what she was going through when she wrote it, which is really cool. Uh, my impressions from reading the notes for all six of these albums is that they're like, I don't, I don't know if it like head case or just weird is like the proper word to describe them. Like obviously they they grew up, they had a different life from like 15 as like anyone else typically would. Right. Right. So some of the stuff that they say, like, mainly Haley, like some, I don't know, some of the stuff she says like about the songs just comes off as weird. But I mean, when you go through that as your life, like it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. She's definitely an oddball. Um, and I think she's grown as a human throughout the years. Um, and we'll kind of talk about it, but like one of the big points of strife through this band and, and one of the main reasons they've had so many changes in the structure is this kind of back and forth about what kind of what you mentioned already, where Haley signed with Atlantic the rest of the original band is signed with like I think it's called Fueled by Ramen labels or something, uh, which is bizarre. So like, you know, how does sep- that even work? Thank you. Is that's what I'm saying about like having rights to the songs? Oh. you know, getting paid accordingly. Gotcha. All that stuff gets fucked when you have band members on different different record labels, or you know whatever, and that causes a lot of strife throughout the years to the point where she got sued. By or they got sued by one of the Pharaoh brothers. Ah, uh, okay. You know, I, I think it was after the fourth album, maybe one of them left, and then they sued Paramore because they wanted their their rights. Ah, uh. so it's an interesting tidbit that goes along through the band. Um, and I think by uh, by this point they've they've cleaned it all up. I mean, shit, they're they're in their mid thirties now, so you know they've grown up. But um. I think that's all I got in terms of stage setting for them. You want to just get right into it? Yeah. So the first album, All We Know Is Falling, comes out in 2005. My overall takeaway is for a first album and even like just an album in general, I love the sound. I love I love the just the the rock like paired with Haley Williams' voice. It's amazing. And for a first album, she pours a lot of emotion in, in uh, personal experiences in the lyrics. And it's just this is really, really polished for a first album. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to get at. It's they're not holding back right off the get. I mean, you start with all we know, pressure, emergency. Those are hard, heavy, loud songs right off the get. Um, And they really crash. And that's going to be their sound for the next three albums, at least. Yeah, Um, it's really crazy to see that much talent, that much like initiative to go after it right away. It's it's a fantastic opener. That being said. I don't think it's their best album, but I think it's a really, really kick-ass open. Um, another thing I think you'll notice through a listen of this is it's fairly homogenous. Um, you're going to get a lot of that hard rock, just standard, like 2000s hard rock sound through it. Um, and it's what we mentioned earlier. It's a sound I like, but it's there's nothing like... You, you know what this album reminds me a lot of is Shinedown's Leave a Whisper in the regard where... They have their sound, first album. It's, and they just do it over and over. Yes. It's homogenous throughout. There's not as many, like, huge, like, 
radio hits as there are in like later albums. For sure. Uh, Shine Down might be a little bit. They had 45 off, you know, but whatever. The point I'm trying to make is the album's polished. It's great work for their first stuff. It is a little bit homogenous. Yeah, and I don't think that's a bad comparison because Shine Down really didn't blow up until uh, Sound of Madness, which third is their album, third, yeah. uh, third album. So it's a decent comparison. Um, all right, cool. Let's get into it here. All You Know Is Falling opens up with All We Know. Uh, and this is exactly what we've been talking about. Standard kind of 2000s hard rock, thick, heavy chords, got this like cool up-tempo drum pattern. Um, Haley showing off her vocals here, getting up through the range, doing her yells in the choruses. Um, just great high-energy track here. I think it's a really nice open for them. Yeah, 100%. And in the chorus, they even, you know, because all we know is falling, pulling from the album name. And this song is partially, some people think it's about, uh, you know, the bass player that left and then uh, ended up coming back. His name, Jeremy Davis. And then there's also speculation it's uh, part of, or it refers to Haley's parents' divorce. And that makes sense. You know, all we know is falling. Right, yeah, a little bit of a darker and, tone. Yeah, and that theme of the divorce comes in through other songs on the album as well. For sure, for sure. Follow that up with Pressure. Um you know, I, I said on the last track it was very standard, like 2000s. This is quintessential 2000s hard rock. Like, I was right back in 06 listening to this, dude. It was crazy. Um, muted, kind of like high-tuned chords mixed in over thick, choppy, low chords. Simple, kind of like loud drum pattern. Uh, Haley, again, killing it on the mic. Um, it's not to the extreme that you'll see maybe even in the next track. Um, but it's still really good. I like this song a lot, too. Yeah, themes of uh, teenage problems, relationships. Fun fact about this song, they recorded a similish, I think I'm saying that right, similish version of the track, which was included in the Sims 2 video game. Oh, that's Fe- like the featuring, fix- featuring lyrics entirely in the fic- fictional language. <laughs> similish or simlish. Oh, that's goofy. Which is funny. I didn't really play those games growing up, but... Like I, you know, I I know like the games and You're right, the right. fact that they recorded it in like the language of the game is what that's, the fuck that's hysterical. <laughs> for like a, it's funny. It's cool that they got that for a first album too. Absolutely, just fucking around. Like, hey, you know what would be fun? <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. All right. After that, emergency. Um, and I think this is where homogeny kicks in at first for the first time. Uh, I think this sounds a lot like pressure, kind of mid high tempo, high energy. Um. This is the one I said. I think her voices are a little bit more to the extremes here. Um, low and high. Awesome contrast throughout the song because they have these sections. like it, It's in a good hard rock pattern for the most part. Then right before they get into the chorus, they tune it down a little bit, let her like soften up a little bit, and then kick it right up into the high range. It's a good little contrast there. Um, this is also where I noted, too, like you're three songs in, and this is Paramore. 100%. I really like this song. This was actually released as the second single for the album. Uh, the song itself, I think this one is is definitely about her parents' divorce. Some of the lyrics on this song that really stand out to me and in, in just the emotion in her voice. Uh, she sings, because I've seen love die way too many times when it deserved to be alive. Right, right. Yeah, definitely a standout song from the album. Yep. Follows that up with Brighter. Um, this one softens up a little bit. It's not quite as heavy as the first three tracks. Kind of mid-high tempo, mid-high to high energy here. Uh, lit slightly poppier, um, uh, still not poppy, but like a little bit like you get these like clean high, uh, guitar licks throughout 
um, mixed in with the heavy stuff. Still yelling through the choruses. Sounds great. Like this song a lot. Yeah, I like this song a lot too. This was actually written for one of her friends who fell overboard in a boating accident and uh, ended up passing away when when Haley was six or when the girl was sixteen. Jesus, which is yeah, it's really sad. But you know, the the song essentially is saying you know you'll still shine brighter than anyone. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool. Next track is "Here We Go Again." Uh, mid tempo, kind of mid to high energy here. It's not, again, kind of like the last song. I think this one is also a little bit lower, uh, even than the last one. But at track five, you've put in four like pretty high-energy tracks. I think this is a good place to maybe, if you want to find your middle range, you're finding your middle range here. Mm-hmm. Um, classic kind of like just rock standard 2000 rock chords throughout. Um, Haley does a nice job of like not going over the top on the band here. Like really great throttling of her, her voice. I like this one too. It's not one of my favorites, but I like this one. Yeah, this is another good, solid track. Uh, I won't read the lyrics, but the lyrics are good. They're personal. And again, I mean, the like just her voice with her emotion and, and pairing with the rock, it's just a, it's a great sound. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So after that is Never Let This Go. Uh, and this is a song where Haley's kind of narrating what it's like to be in a one-sided relationship. Yeah, and I think relationships will be a big theme of all the Paramore albums, oh, really. Oh, 100%. And like... It's funny reading the speculation where everyone's like, oh, this is about the band breaking up. This is about this. And it's like they have more relationships than just, you know, the, the members. Yeah, of the band. right, right. A lot of relationships. Eventually, I, I forget to look it up, but eventually she gets married throughout here and then divorced. And yeah, that's a whole thing, too. So we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, this one for sure. Uh, relationships kind of mid high tempo, mid to mid high energy. Um, good back and forth. Low tune and the high tune guitars uh, letting each other play and then coming in. Um Haley's really letting the lines drip off the mic here, like really extending the ends of lines. It's cool. Um, as far as the drumming goes, I didn't think it was anything special. Fairly generic. Um, bit of a bittersweet vibe. Um, it really stuck out to me at like the ends of choruses, just the way she sung those last couple lines. Really nice. Um, I really like this track too. Yeah, this is another, another really good one. Uh, the next one is Whoa, which... This one is uh maybe not as good as some of the the previous couple tracks, but still still just a solid track. I think this is a cool song to have on your first album because I think you can play this live at like a shitty venue and it'll sound fun. You know what's funny? Uh, I have a, a quote here from Haley saying, uh, "This is simply a song that fans can sing with, along with them in, in in concert." Yeah, when you got like a hundred people with you in the shelter, you know, like <laughs> uh, this is a good one to just it it brings pop punk energy. Kind of like this mid-tune, buzzy guitar, uh, like drum drums are prominent throughout. Uh, great yells. This is just a great sing-along, like rock show song. But yeah, nothing crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the next track after that is Conspiracy, which, fun fact on this song, this is the first song that Haley ever wrote uh, for Paramore back when she was 13. Sheesh. Yeah, that's a pretty cool track, too. Um and I think the second half of this album, you'll get more of that pop punk sound that you're going to really hear a lot of next album. Um, and this is another one of those tracks. Mid te- mid high tempo, mid high energy. Uh, you get these like mid tune buzzy guitars with a high tune guitar kicking in like notes here and there. Um, I, again, homogeny. I don't think this is that dissimilar from other songs like Emergency. Not as good, but similar sounding to like an Emergency. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. There's another song. It's it's the song is all right. It's fine. I don't think I, this might have been one of the two songs I didn't save off the album. But then when you read that, it's you know she wrote it when she was 13. And it's like okay, like yeah, that elevates a little bit of my book. Sure, and a little bit of a personal touch there, surely. Yeah, and the next song kind of continues some of that personal touch, Franklin, uh, which is an ode to their hometown, Franklin, Tennessee. Right, which is interesting because she grew up in what Mississippi, I think. Uh, Alabama yeah, or Mississippi. I think, I think Mississippi. Um, yeah, and then she moved to Franklin when she was going to work with Atlantic, and then the band, the band was all from Franklin. Uh, so that's where we get the title, anyhow. Um, this one kind of mid tempo, mid to mid high energy. Um, the drums are interesting here. Like I, I couldn't quite think of any way, other way to put it except like you know what a marching band is like hitting all the drums at the same time and it kind of just sounds like one like whoosh sure like, that's yeah. how the that's how the drums sound through the verses here um it changes up into like a fairly uh standard rock pattern in the choruses but through the verses you get that whooshy drum sound all the way through um simple mid-tune electric guitars uh, they let the guys kind of do some backup vocals on this which is kind of a nice ad um again the whole band is a little throttled here like i mentioned it's just in this like mid to mid high energy um I still like this song. Just again, not my favorite. A little homage. Well, a little bit different. Little yeah, I, I'll say about this album. I think the first five tracks are all really, really good, and then the back five tracks are good, decent, but not yeah. as good as the first couple tracks. Yeah, hundred percent agree. And the album closes out with the tenth track, "My Heart," which uh, this this track has themes that you'll see throughout Paramore's discography, where uh, they're all fairly religious and. They, Haley makes a lot of allusions to you know God or faith and maybe not in direct words, but there's definitely elements of that in the song, and this is one of them. Right, yeah, no, I hear that 100%. Um, in terms of sound here, this is another just generic 2000s hard rock track, mid to mid-high tempo, mid to mid-high energy. Um, and it's just it's it's what every other song this album has been. Haley killing it, especially in the choruses, um, verses, I will say, this is maybe my least favorite song on the album. Um, I just think the verses don't do anything for me, really. Like, it's just, they're not super high energy. They're not super interesting with, the, like, the playing. Yeah. But it's still not a terrible song. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with, yeah, it's not as exciting. But, yeah, some of the lyrics are a little bit more, I guess, introspective, which may be why it's toned down a little bit. But, yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's a fine song. Right. I think, uh, you know, you're on your 10th song now, first album. Okay. You know, it just is what it is. You get to 10 and it's like I'm, the bar isn't high at 10. Yeah. And but in terms of like like first albums, I, I'd say this is pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah. They kicked it off with a bang for sure. It's not a bad album at all. Yeah. So that came out in 2005. They follow that up with Riot, which comes out in 2007. This album. I, I don't want to put it like. I'm trying to put it in perspective of other bands at the time, right? So you got like Chili Peppers, Foo Fighters, um, Nah, Shine Now is still a bit a little early, but like a bunch of other bands. I don't want to put her in quite that stratosphere yet, but like this album got a ton of acclaim from like, uh, let's call it publications about music, where it was like Paramore, best new artist, best new album, da 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 da. -da. This album rocks. Oh. All right. Yeah, no, this album kicks ass. Uh, I'd say where the last album is fairly homogenous. They mix up their sound a little bit throughout this album, and more often than not, it, it works. Yeah, and I think they really, like, if if there was any, like, hesitation to, to put the pedal to the metal, that is no longer the case. 
there are some songs on this album that are truly remarkable what Haley's able to do with her voice. Hallelujah mm-hmm. stands out to me. Um, it, it's it's a full tour de force top to bottom here. I mean, even you close you close this album with Born for This, such a high energy, upbeat, like emotional track. It's top to bottom. And then there's bangers in here, too, right? Like mega hits, misery business. That's what you get. Sure. Even crush, crush, crush. I remember playing that at fucking Guitar Hero. Yeah, let the flames begin. Yeah, just huge hits on this album. Um, and what's crazy is like I don't even think this is their most critically acclaimed album. Mm, you know what's fun? I sh- I should have looked at the meta scores for these albums because they're a big enough band where I'm sure they'd have them. Maybe I'll do that towards the end. I'll just yeah, yeah up, but just check into it. Yeah, so let's get in this album. This opens with for a pessimist, I'm pretty optimistic. Yeah, this is a cool open, and I, I think you, you they're squarely placing themselves in the pop-punk arena now with this. Um, you get this up-tempo, high-energy open here. Um, Haley is, is yelling at a mic in, like, this raspy, angry voice, like, so much so that she sounds like she's, like, actually physically angry at the mic. It, it's <laughs> fucking insane. Uh, drums are setting a great tempo for this song. The guitars are fast and furious throughout. This is a great opening track. Yeah, and it makes sense why you know why it's so energetic. The song's about putting your faith in someone else and then seeing them blow it, which is everyone's been through that at some point in their life, right? And it's it's just super relatable. And uh, yeah, this is a great way to open the album. That's a that's a funny meeting for this title. For a pessimist, I'm pretty optimistic, and then you're getting let down by somebody you trusted in. They have a couple in the notes I was reading. There's a couple songs where Haley commented on them, and she's like, "Yeah, like we couldn't figure we couldn't come up with a name for a title, so we just we just put this." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's not exactly like uh, like like Zeppelin did that for some of their some yeah of their songs too. Yeah, fair enough. And that's also kind of in the theme of like what pop punk fans are doing around this time too. Where like the song title isn't just like yeah. I mean, they think when I think of like Blink One Eighty Two, like oh, there has so many song titles that are just like meaningless to the song. Yeah, and obscure too. It yeah. Doesn't mean anything. So it's kind of in the same vein. It's cool. The next track, mega hit, we talked about. That's what you get. This song, it's, hmm, hmm, how do I put this? I mean, let's, let's talk about this right off the top. Huge radio acclaim. Mm-hmm. Driving around in the mid-2000s, you would have heard this on every any pop or rock radio station. Huge song. Um, you get this, like, kind of, I'll call it mid-tempo to, like, mid-high energy track here. Um, mid-tune guitars all the way through. Haley doing it again with her voice where, like, her range is kind of, let's call it middle range through the verses, but then way up in the top in the choruses. Um, the drums are loud and poppy here. This is another great track off this album. Yeah, definitely another one that I saved. And Haley said on the song, the lyrics are really simple. That's what you get when you let your heart win and you don't really think with your head. You're th- more thinking based on a feeling. And that's all I really had on this song. Yeah, it's short and sweet for sure. I mean, not a short song, but like gets yeah, to the point. Yeah, yeah. Next up is Hallelujah, a song about uh optimism yeah and this is the one i mentioned earlier it's it's truly incredible what she does in the choruses here with her voice um this song mid-high tempo high energy great mix of the high and the low tune guitars on top of each other throughout she hits a line in the chorus where she's singing hallelujah and as like she gets through the word just gets higher and higher and higher and it's like unbelievable what she does with that line and that's where the like the chorus ends too and it just goes back into the verses which pick up with energy and thick guitars again 
it's awesome. Uh, great drum patterns here, complex and loud throughout. Fantastic deep cut. Yeah, this is a great song. It w- it would have been um very disappointing to see her like, you know, give into the label and, and do like pop albums. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, y- you know, like I feel like you get bits of that too. Like, like she certainly doesn't shy away from doing bits of it. Like I'll say, Crush 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 is kind of poppy. Yeah, I mean they have a couple songs throughout the catalog. Right, right. Sure. right. Um, but yeah, it would have been a real shame if she had just been like a top forty. You know. Yeah. D- Disney radio type <laughs> artist. Ugh. So next up, arguably their most popular song, certainly top three, Misery Business. Yeah, what an interesting song here. Um, massive, massive success, and, and no reason not to. I mean, they they the whole band comes into this with a fuck it, fuck everyone attitude. Uh, it's wild, especially considering this song was written about one of the Pharaoh brothers. I can't remember Josh. which. Josh Farrow was dating this girl and uh, Haley kind of had this crush on Josh and couldn't get over the fact that she was dating or Josh was dating her and not Haley. And this was when because I got the quote here is when they were 13 or 14. Yeah. And couldn't fucking get over it. And she says something along the lines of, yeah, I I realize it was kind of a dick move to write this, but I was kind of a dick. Yes. (laughs) He would go hang out with his girlfriend who I wrote misery business about because I was a dick. That's the line. Right, right um and it's right you know what's funny is she doesn't let like later on in life like she didn't like playing the song as much because and i have another quote here misery business not a set of lyrics that i relate to as a 26 year old woman i haven't related to that in a very long time those words were written when i was you know much younger admittedly from a very narrow-minded perspective it wasn't really meant to be this big philosophical statement about anything it was quite literally a page in my diary about a singular moment i experienced as a high schooler (laughs) Yeah, and th- this song got some backlash, too, through, let's call it the 2010s. Uh, Seriously? Yeah, this song got a little bit of backlash from their fans. Um, they said there was a line in the second verse that was, I don't know if this is the right word for it, but let's call it anti-feminist. Oh, the uh, one that says... Yeah, so let me read it. Okay. Second chances, they don't matter, people never change. Once a whore, you're nothing more. I'm sorry, that'll never change. Yeah. So she got a little backlash about that. Um, I think it was after the after laughter tour that uh she played it and in the middle of the car or after they played it she was just like yeah i don't think we're gonna play this one again for a while yeah they they did another announcement in september of 2018 where they said they weren't gonna play it anymore yeah probably the same thing we're probably talking about the same thing um and then obviously you know they just weren't on tour for a while which is a you know it's an interesting way way of saying we're not going on tour for a while but um yeah they didn't play this song for four or five i guess four years because they're back on tour late no uh definitely this year maybe late last year um but anyways yeah so they didn't play this for a while um now what they do is really cool too Uh, so when they play this song in in concert now they bring somebody up out of the crowd to like help sing the choruses so they've had a smattering of celebrities as well as just random crowd goers i think I saw there was a rapper. I can't remember who it was. Uh, it might have been like, I can't. I know Steph Curry did it. Um, God, I don't rapper? think that's cool. When I go to see a band in concert and they're playing their arguably their biggest song, I want to hear them play the song. I don't want to hear Steph Curry sing Misery Business. Yeah. I want to hear <laughs> Haley fucking Williams sing yeah. it. You're right. It doesn't quite do it justice, but... Yeah, <laughs> usually it's like, you know, that bridge section where it slows down a little bit and then it comes like out with a, a burst of energy. That's where you get the the 
crowd goer on stage for misery business. Yeah, see, I don't not not just Paramore. Like, I don't really like that in concerts. Like, I I like if it's like their one of their top like four or five songs or whatever. I just want to hear the band play it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. If you want to bring like if you want to bring up somebody to like play, that's the other thing I've seen other artists do where they like they'll bring somebody up to play guitar that can like play a little oh, bit. Oh, I don't mind that one as much. I I just. Certain songs, it's okay. Other songs, I'm like, ah, just stay out of this one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's not like my favorite bit, but it, the videos I've seen, it gets the fucking people going, man. Especially like when you're in, you're in Oakland at, or I guess not Oakland, but like you're at the the Warriors Stadium, and all of a sudden Steph Curry's on stage, like you're going fucking nuts. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to watch a video before I, I hate on it any further. <laughs> uh, anyways, but yeah, this this song just rocks. Such hard energy angry loud thrashing all the way through it's it's a classic it's so catchy too yeah her vocals are amazing on this track after that it gets into when it rains uh which is a song about the state of mind that someone who committed suicide that Haley knew uh was kind of in before you know they took their own life yeah, and you get that like kind of sad energy here. It slows down a little bit. It's still not slow. It's kind of this like mid to mid. Now we'll call it mid tempo, mid to mid high energy, um, but definitely a little like sad. Uh, they get the guitars mixed in here with the high and low again. Um, they do this cool bit at the very beginning, and then they kick it out, kick it in throughout, where like the high tune guitar echoes. So they'll play a note, and then it just goes bum 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 bum. Oh, they got the delay on it. Like, yeah, like a delayed echo. Like, it's a cool little effect they add on there. Um, other than that, vocals are sad. Like I mentioned, uh, powerful though. Like, she doesn't she doesn't slink away from this song at all. Um, the band really kicks up through the chorus and they kill it. Uh, I like this song a lot too. Yeah, it's another great track, great songwriting, execution, everything. Yeah. After that, let the flames begin which is one of my favorite songs off the album. One of my favorite Paramore songs, just in general. Yeah, no doubt. Another really, really nice deep cut here. Mid to mid high tempo, um, high energy, heavy, but not like crunchy heavy. Because uh, the guitars are all kind of like tuned up a little bit, both the high and the low, uh, both tuned up a little bit. Uh, vocal range on full display here. Phenomenal up and down. Drums fast and loud. This is a fantastic deep cut, too. Yeah, so the song's about keeping faith when in tough times. Uh, what's funny about this song, this was one of the ones where Haley said the song only got its title because they were under pressure to come up with a name before they released the album. And uh, fun fact about this song, they actually have a, they write a sequel to this song in one of their later later albums. Oh, I didn't know that. And that's that's cool. the one that's, it's literally titled Part Two. I was wondering about that. Okay, cool. Let's get into that later, but that's yeah. a cool little note. All right. Yeah. Song after that, Miracle. I think, God, and I don't dislike any of the songs on this album, but if I had to pick one that I was like, this is the worst song on the album, this is the worst song on the album. <laughs> I like this one. I like this one, too. It's not a bad song. I just, I love all of them. And actually, I might be wrong. I'm, I forgot about one other. But <laughs> um, anyways, mid-high tempo here, mid-high to high energy, pop punky as fuck, mixing the guitars again, uh, She's doing it again through the chorus here with, like, these raspy, angry vocals. Um, just a banger. Yeah, and another song just about some of the stuff that she's going through, whether it be, like, getting through depression, self-hate, you know, whatever it is, just trying to get through that and uh, and come out on the other side. Sure. So after that, it gets into what we might might call more of a, uh, a pop song. 
it's a little bit more poppy. You're still getting like low crunchy guitars, especially in the bridge. You'll hear it. Uh, but it's definitely poppy or it's crush, crush, crush. Um, so this is like mid to mid high tempo, uh, mid to mid high energy. Drums are fantastic tone setters. They're prominent throughout because um, there's a lot of sections where it's stripped down with just the drums. It's it's really great work there. Um, Haley's voice throughout is intentional. It's angry. Mm. It's it's raspy. Um, guitars are low and menacing. The bridge again with that like thick chunky buzzy guitar um and then like even the mic they alter the mic a little bit to give her that buzzy like sound effect on the mic i love this song yeah me too this is this song has been described as like the dark side of having a crush on someone what i really like on this is the enunciation that Haley does in the chorus yeah yeah the way she kind of like twinges her voice a little bit lower yeah just the way like she like uh parses out like how she's singing each syllable. oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's a cool effect absolutely yeah yeah all right song after that we are broken um and so this is the one i saw and i was like you know what this might actually be the one and it's it's only because this whole album is such high energy and this is the one ballad on the album oh man i'm glad you said that because i don't really have any notes for this one <laughs> it's the only song i don't think i have anything written down gotcha yeah this is like a soft ballad and it's not like like stripped soft it's just softer than everything else here mid-level mid-tempo um Haley, you know she's her level is a little bit lower but she's still going through a range going through her levels really really well um you know given the fact that it's a little softer the the music's a fairly generic it's um it's got these bits of strings in the verses though that like add to the the sadness of the sound of these songs though um it's a nice song it's not something i necessarily go back to yeah i'm kind of with you it's uh yeah it's fine but it's for me lower replay value sure especially with everything else that's on this album because then you these last two tracks here are phenomenal deep cuts as well fences is the next one uh a personal favorite mid to high energy here mid to high tempo um band is bringing the heat in the choruses here because the the verses are kind of like bumpy, a little like fun, poppy kind of feel. Um, they got this like, how do I put this? Choppy, like mid to high tuned guitar throughout that's like hitting these fun little notes. And then it, it just bangs into the choruses with the whole band crashing. It's it's a cool contrast. It's high energy. I, I fucking love this song. Yeah, I don't think I like it as much as you, but it's still another one that I had saved off the album. A song exploring the themes of uh, essentially like paparazzi just being followed by media company for sure media constantly. Uh, and then the album closes out with Born for This, which is essentially just I mean, it, it is a cool anthem of just saying, like, do whatever you want in life. Yeah, that's a good way of summing that up. Um, and, and it's got that, like, take on the world attitude about it, too. Yeah. Uh, high energy closer, mid high tempo. Again, they're mixing the guitars here. Um Love the background chants you get from the guys in the choruses or in the verses here. Um, it's not too heavy, but it's got a little bit of that heavy sound to it. Um, fantastic yells from her through the choruses or even into the choruses. Uh, this is a great way to close this album. Yeah, 100%. And like we said earlier, this album from top to bottom is just really, really good. Certified hit. Yeah, absolutely. So sticking with the trend of a new album every two years, we get their third studio album, Brand New Eyes, which came out in 2009. Yes, yeah, so let me pull up the, the artwork for this album, because I'll be honest, I hadn't listened to this one all the way through before. This we... one with the butterfly, no? Yes, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, 
which is maybe a little off-putting because I guess I hadn't listened to this one or the next one all the way through, but I had listened to bits of After Laughter, and so and then obviously I'd listened to This Is Why, and I was like, man, Joey, I think those those two albums in between are kind of poppy. I don't know, just like <laughs> I know the, that one towards the end is kind of poppy, and like this one's got a butterfly on it. It's got to be poppy, right? Wrong, wrong. It, this is. Almost the same thing as the last album. You'll get a little bit more of the soft stuff later on. Um, but, like, it opens with just anger. A whole, like, fucking bat of anger on the way in. Careful, ignorance, brick by boring brick. Blow your fucking socks off. It's, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of good, really, really good pop punk stuff here. Um, it closes with with a, sa- like, a soft, soft-er, but, like, so emotionally gripping track all i wanted Mm. it's another one i mean maybe not top to bottom but like i love this album yeah i I mean i'm with you dude first four albums i really 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 enjoy and then we'll get to the last soon we get there yeah that'll be fun um all right cool if you don't have anything else let's get into it then um they open this album up with careful and i think this is just your your classic paramore pop punk at this point (laughs) This is exactly what you heard on the last album. Great stuff. Loud everything for the band here. Up-tempo, high energy, vocals dripping with anger. Classic Paramore chorus, classic rock chorus. It's catchy. It's it's iconic. I love this. Love this as an opener for this album. Yeah, my notes on this were it's a song about finding your place in the world, and I literally just wrote good, solid rock, good music, good vocals, good opener. Good everything. Yeah. Next track is Ignorance. Um and I think it's it's very similar to the last song. It's got, again, that classic pop-punk Paramore sound. Um, slightly less angry. Um, you know who I thought of when I was listening to this song? Because she does a little bit of the, like the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. I was thinking of Billy Talent. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Um, and I think that song I was humming was actually a Billy Talent song right yeah. there. But <laughs> <laughs> um, she does a little bit of that, like, chanty bits um, through the verses going into the choruses. It's kind of cool. Um, guitars are fast and loud and thick. Uh, I, I just love the sound and I really like this song. Yeah. So this song was certified about some of the inner turmoil within the band. Uh, so I got a story here from Haley in an interview with the guardian saying how this song saved the band from splitting up. Uh, basically when they were recording, she tried to mumble the lyrics all the way through, but Taylor was right next to the speaker and heard every word. He gave her this fierce look. I thought he was going to kill me and said, so do you want to tell me about those lyrics? I ran in the bathroom. I was so nervous, but we talked for two hours and reconciled a lot of tough, heavy things. This song saved our band. And I just want to point out, too, since we're, we're harping on this point, they have had, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven different man- or band members at this point in a, let's call it, four to five piece. Yeah. Because um, originally, I think they were a five-piece, and then they lost the the Jeremy Davis guy for a little while. He came back for a little while, lost him again, da 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 um, But, yeah, they've gone through seven band, band members at this point. Yeah. And I think they had four going into this album. Um, so, yeah, band strife at an all-time high. And, again, this is what we were talking about where I don't know if Haley necessarily felt this, but there was a sentiment among the rest of the band members that Haley was getting special treatment because she was signed to Atlantic, and they were signed to – shitbag mom and pop a and r uh, i mean she's also the lead singer yeah and also a megastar at this point too and writing i mean not that she's the only one writing the songs but yeah doing a lot of work yeah yeah um 
anyways, that's all I got about that. Great song, though. Yeah, definitely. So follows that up with Playing God. Playing God. Uh, mid-tempo, mid-high level here. This is a little bit more pop-rocky than it is pop-funky, but still kind of heavy. Um, really good energy throughout the track here. Uh, chorus is catchy again. Good, like, sing-along track. Another one I could see myself, you know, sitting in a maybe slightly larger venue than the shelter, like, singing along to. <laughs> um, really nice track. Yeah, sure. And, and Haley said on the main line in the chorus, if you point the finger, I might have to bend it back and break it off. It's about people who place blame and how they should look at themselves first. Mm-hmm. Something I've dealt with since I was young. So For sure. For sure. Yeah. And then after that, we have Brick by Born Brick. And I don't even know if this is a deep cut, but this is maybe my favorite song on this album. It fucking rocks. Angry. Angry. That, that those are my favorite songs where Haley just says fuck it let's yell at the mic angry pop punk here mid-high tempo high energy from the whole band love the guitar work here the, again with the mixing the high and low uh real heavy and energetic iconic iconic chorus love it yeah there's another standout track and Haley said on this song it's a story about a girl who escaped reality through pictures and fairy tales and anything that wasn't the real story this way, she looked perfect to everyone else, and we'd all think that she's got it together. But being that it was all for show, it couldn't last. So, I mean, it makes sense why she's, you know, yelling at the mic. A bit of a personal story there, maybe. Building up Paramore brick by, brick by Boring Brick when she can't escape the, you know, into her fantasy land. Yeah, and she's definitely somebody, somebody with an eclectic taste and maybe an eclectic mind that would easily slip off into those fantasies. Uh, sure. So I can yeah, totally and see that. I mean, you kind of see that in some of the later albums where, like... Several tracks on the album, she's like just singing about being alone in her room and yeah, 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 yeah. Song after that is "Turn It Off," mid tempo, mid to mid high energy. Here, simple drums and guitar verses through or through the verses. Uh, band kind of picks up and fills out the choruses. Vocals are full and energetic all the way through, even though like the band is up and down in energy. Um, it's a little bit softer than the four songs previous to this, but I still like it. Yeah, this is another one with elements of religion in it, and I think that's evident with some of the lyrics. I scraped my knees while I was praying and found a demon in my safest haven. Seems like it's getting harder to believe in anything than just to get lost in all my selfish thoughts. So, yeah, uh, more elements of religion creeping through there. Sure. Up next, the only exception, which is a certified love song. And I, I mean, this is a great song. I love this song. Yeah, I like this song, too. It's a softer ballad. It's acoustic bells strings sweet sweet vocals audibly pleasing i mean it's not at all what you've had from it, this is a very unique track and she's got this like sweet sweet voice yeah of course it's a little bit of that rasp but like in a in a like i don't want to i don't know how to quite put it but it is so sweet that's just the best way to put it um like her vo- it doesn't do anything crazy but it just it's really audibly pleasing um nice track yeah, and she said on this one, this was the first love song that she's ever written. She said, even if I've tried in the past, this is the first one that I was really proud of. Gotcha, gotcha. Which is, I mean, it, it is a standout song, and yeah, yeah, I, I really like this one. After that is Feeling Sorry, um, and this is right back to the heavy shit. Heavy, up-tempo, headbanger, uh, kind of cool, low-tune guitars throughout. Haley's yelling at the mic throughout the song here again. Love this sound. Uh just standard paramore like hard rock here great track yeah i don't have much to add another just decent standard song gotcha uh next one is looking up which is more of a upbeat kind of hopeful track 
yeah, I got this as like an upbeat pop punky song here, kind of up tempo. Um, kind of heavy, not super heavy. Again, it's a little bit poppy, um, but more pop punky than poppy. Um, Haley's in her bag here, man. She's killing it again. It's not the yelling so much as it is just like getting up and down through everything. Uh, she's killing it on this track. The choppy guitar chords mix so well with everything here. It's a fantastic sound. Drumming is great. This is a this is one of my favorite songs in the album. Yeah, and lyrically, this is about how the band kind of blew up like overnight. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, it's it's funny because they were playing the the dog shit stage at Warp Tour uh, after the first album, then like the slightly less dog shit stage <laughs> for the second album. Um, and yeah, like by now, I mean they've had a couple radio hits and they're gonna get right, a couple more off this right. album. Yeah, no, they're they're huge at this point, man. They're killing it. They're touring. They're they're headlining huge festivals, huge tours. Paramore's killing it at this point, and that makes it, it's a cool song to have on this album in particular. Yeah, and they they'd also all be like in their early twenties. Yeah, early twenties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So after that is where the lines overlap. Yeah, and I think uh, you know sonically here, it's it's very similar sound to the last song, uh, upbeat kind of pop punk here. Um, I think the guitar work isn't as special; it's a little bit more generic, but uh, it still sounds good. As I've said throughout, I like the sound, so I like the song. This is a good song. Yeah, this is just solid standard Paramore to me. Song about long-distance relationships, and I don't really have anything else to add on that. Agreed. Uh, after that is Misguided Ghost. It's a cool song title. Yeah, I like the song title, and it's an interesting track again because you don't really have anything like this to this point in the catalog. Yeah, um, it's more acoustic. Yeah, you get this, like, up tempo but like plucky acoustic guitar almost like uh like brawny ear type like guitar <laughs> yeah uh raspy and bittersweet vocals throughout um you know the guitar work is really cool like just like kind of honing in on the guitar work as you listen to this track is a really fun listen um you know vocally i don't think she does anything too crazy but like given the music it's not a song where she's gonna go crazy um i like this track too yeah, and Haley said on this one, I feel like this song explains so much of how I feel at the most random times. Finally, a song that puts it all into words. <laughs> oh, we're three albums in and we're finally putting it into words? Okay, <laughs> yeah, all I right. Guess. Got it, got it. Uh, and then, is this, this close? Yeah, this closes out the album, All I Wanted. And uh, this actually almost didn't make the record. That's fucking insane. Yeah, so All I, all I Wanted, originally planned to be named All I Wanted Was You. It's a breakup song about how the... Uh, you know, the protagonist loved someone so much that they became all they wanted. Their own desires and goals paled in comparison to being with that person. Absolutely. And you hear it dripping off her voice. And it's really in the choruses. This is another one, much like Hallelujah, where she hits a, a, a cry when she's singing All I Wanted in the choruses. Um, that is unmatched, dude. It's It's so fucking clean. And, like, the entire band strips away as she's hitting the line. And then, like, clocks right in as soon as she lets off the mic it, it's such a fantastic sound and this song opens like fairly softly too like it's just kind of her like all i wanted was you mm -hmm. like just quietly low tune guitars low like low level everything and then kind of picks up and picks up and picks up until it hits ahead at the chorus and it, it's just such a fucking fantastic mic like track here um uh, you know other than that i think the having that low tune kind of thumpy guitar throughout is kind of a nice ad. The drums set a good pace here, but 
she really steals the show with this song. It's a great way to close the album. Yeah, I think a good way of describing it would be this is one of those songs where you can listen to it and it'll give you chills. Like that's how good like the vocals are. Oh my god, it's incredible. I, I watched vocals or videos of her doing this in, in tour too, and it's ugh. oh I bet. Yeah, and some of the lyrics from this song. I could follow you to the beginning just to relive the start, and maybe then we'd remember to slow down at all of our favorite parts. Just, ooh. Yeah, man, it's it's a fantastic song. Fantastic. Absolutely. Must listen. And then, I uh, before we get into the next album, I had just slotted this in. Uh, you had texted me about this one. They released Decode in 2008 as part of the soundtrack for Twilight. Yeah, and I think this is a good time to talk about this now, because I think this is one of their songs, too, that is absolutely maybe in their top 10 top 20 absolutely top 20 so i think it's yeah for sure important to hit on this one for sure um this is interesting because like i I don't know quite how to put the guitar but it's got this like kind of hollowed out mid-tune sound to it it's it's cool you'll just have to listen to it um but then like it mixes in these like thick heavy chunky electric guitars again um they always do a really good job of that drum pattern is really interesting kind of quick and sets a good tempo um i think her vocals on this song again fantastic again uh range and level changes to her extremes low and high um inflections are are hitting every note it's it's a great song yeah so what's kind of funny about this is they were big fans of of twilight uh which is part of the reason that they agreed to do it and this was this was like the lead single for the movie soundtrack became a huge you know success radio play all that good stuff um, and then the song itself was written from Bella, uh, who's played by Christian Stewart, her perspective. Right, the main character, I guess. Yeah. Co-main character. Sure, with... Uh, Taylor Lautner and the other no, guy. No, Robert... Yeah, Robert Robin Pattinson, Pattinson. Turd. But yeah. <laughs> you ever you ever get like catch yourself watching any of those? Uh, no. I guess you didn't have a sister, so yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Do I ever catch myself watching those? No. No, okay, but like... All right. Oh so, shit, is Twilight on again? <laughs> <laughs> Holly seems like the type that might like like... Twilight. We'll have to ask her after. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I definitely have have seen bits and pieces. Uh, no, I, I uh, they made us watch it in English class in like what? ninth grade. Yeah, you guys read that in English? No, no, no. They just made us watch it. Oh, it was just like a movie our, day. <laughs> it was real quick. Our ninth grade English teacher, he was a offensive lineman at Bowling Green. How the okay? And he like he like didn't lose any of the weight after, so he was like obese. <laughs> like he would and he would always give kids extra credit to bring him candy. Yeah. Um, but he would also get these migraines, probably from like low blood sugar. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And like, there's one, one day he's like, oh, like my head hurts. Like we're watching Twilight, it, and Twilight. then he just let us watch it the next day too. Oh, that's so. kind of hype. Yeah. Uh, one more thing before we go here. Do you have anything else on decode? No, I just, I just good song. Yeah, before we move on to the next uh, album, I just want to say about this time, too, they released a cover of My Hero uh, on acoustic by Foo Fighters. Yes. And I don't know if you listen to it, but it fucking rocks, dude. Yeah, great her, cover. Her voice on that track is phenomenal. Um, that's all I got for that. It's just cool. Certainly a, a check it out type of track. Oh, definitely. All right. Yeah, so their fourth studio album comes out in 2013, self-titled. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> We got another self-titled. Yeah, and I, I like this album a lot too. Don't get me wrong; it's it, the, the the joke there was we talked last week about how self-titled comes, and then all of a sudden there's there's strong internal bam strife, and this is the one that they got sued <laughs> for. Yeah. Um, you know, it just is what it is. But aside from that, I think you're getting a lot of the same stuff you've got in the last few albums. With uh, so this is almost a double album. I think it's seventeen yeah, it's tracks. Seven, seventeen tracks. There's a deluxe edition, which I believe is. 
21, and then there's a couple live tracks, so I don't count those, but this is a long album. Yeah, and so you're getting all sorts of stuff. You're getting some of the old Paramore. You're getting some transition stuff where it's, you know, poppy, uh, poppier, but not like, you know, it's not Katy Perry by any stretch, but no, you're getting some like soft pop stuff, uh, pop rock stuff, more of that. Um, and then there's a few interludes on here that are straight ukulele like tracks. Um, yeah, which are, I don't know, just kind of like fun ads. It's not something I listen to, but like, yeah, I, I do really like this album. I would probably cut out three or four tracks, Yeah, but yeah, yeah I totally day, agree. it's still a good album. It's still a good album. hundred percent. So with that, I think we can get right into it, huh? For sure. All right. This album opens up with fast in my car. Um, it's kind of a mid high tempo, high energy track here. Beat sounds I, the, with the guitar and the drums and everything. You ever listen to Celebrity Skin by Hole? No. Oh, hold on. Uh, you go ahead and give your thoughts here, so I can pull this up because I it sounds fairly similar. Yeah, sure. So Haley said on this song, it's kind of like we're opening up the album, saying, "Hey, we've been gone for a while. We know me and my three friends here. We've been through a long fight, but we're back and we feel victorious on the other side." So just kind of like the state of the band, like they're coming back, they're ready to go, ready to rock and roll. Got the self-titled album. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to play a snippet of Celebrity Skin here, and then I'm going to switch over to this song. And I don't think it's the open, but it's like just the, the beat that goes throughout the song here. So let me get into this. Oh, make me over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right, so I, that's, I can already tell. Yeah, you can hear it, right? So that's that's our favorite uh, rock or Courtney Love right there. Now we'll play Fast in My Car just a snippet. It's got that same kind of guitar pattern throughout there. Um, it's not quite as buzzy or loud, but it's the same kind of thing. It just stood out to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, you get some licks in there with like the higher tune guitar here. They got this cool solo at the end that's like fast and loud, kind of hair metally. I love it. Um, vocal work is great here. Good change in the ranges, everything. It's a it's a good opener. Yeah, I agree with you. Good way to start off the album. Next song is now, which is this is fine. This might be one of the ones I would cut if if I could cut like three or four. See, I think the chorus on this is so iconic that like I kind of really really like this song. Mm. I love this. Where she's doing the like the now wow wow thing like in the chorus, it's okay. it's so fucking cool. Um, high energy, fast, low tune guitars and quick drums, mid level vocals on the verses, and then really cranking it up into the chorus. I think um, I don't know if this song necessarily matches the album. I think this might be something they pulled from an old album, uh, but I, I still think it's a really good song. I like I like this song a lot. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just fine. I think, again, it's another song probably about some of the internal strife with the band. Sure. But I don't really have anything else. Gotcha. So after that, we have Grow Up. Yeah, and this is interesting, too, because the, the cover of this album is just a picture of Haley facing backwards. She's got this jean jacket on. Yeah, um, that won't uh, drive up any more internal turmoil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Not the band. It's just Haley with the jean jacket on, and on the back of the jacket is painted grow up um yeah yeah way to way to really stick it to them um it's kind of a mid-tempo high energy track here uh bumpy buzzy low tune guitar uh mid-eye tune smooth keyboard kind of kicks in throughout 
simple drums, bit sweeter on the mic on this track, but still high energy and lots of range change. I like this song. Yeah, I don't really have anything that else to add on that one. Gotcha. Uh, next up is daydreaming. Daydreaming, excuse me. I've got a long story on here. Why don't you give your notes? I'll see if I can summarize this. Sure, sure. So this this is an interesting track. They they tuned it down a little bit, and you get this kind of like dreamy vibe throughout a um, bit. Mid level, mid high tempo. Um, the strings, like the violin, comes in behind the band a little bit uh, throughout the track. Not as heavy, uh, but still like really good energy bumps through the chorus. Um, she's really accentuating ends of lines again, dripping it off the mic. Um, I really really like this sound. This is a really good song. Yeah, okay, so Cliff Notes here. This song came after Haley was listening to Blondie's Greatest Hits on repeat, and uh, she was staying at her grandparents' house and woke up one morning and just sang the first line of the chorus out loud to herself. And it was almost like she was daydreaming, so that's kind of where the name for the song comes from. Uh, it's kind of cool. And then before we get into the next song, I, I want to say... One of the things that kept coming up in the notes for this album was that they had like a uh, quite a big period of like writer's block when they were getting back in the studio preparing for this. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that kind of makes sense, right? And again, we talked about the you know the band struggles. And well, everything. it does until they released their longest album. <laughs> like, yeah, I it's guess. It's kind of funny that they're like, yeah, you know, we had writer's block for a couple months, and then, uh, but this is like, I think it's their longest album, no? By far, yeah, by far, yeah, yeah. I think the next closest is like eleven tracks. Right. Okay. Um, for 200, name it any Blondie song. <laughs> no, <laughs> you might know this one. Oh, one way or another, I'm going to get you, get you, get you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, back to the regular scheduled programming here, folks. Um, the next song is one of the interludes. There's three interludes on this album. This is one of them. Interlude moving on. Um, and just quickly, it's just a, a simple ukulele track with her singing on it. It's nice. It's a good little bit. That's all I got. Yeah, I don't have anything. Uh, the next song, one of their biggest hits, Ain't It Fun. Yeah, and this is kind of this like bubbly, fun pop rock track, which is uh, interesting considering the lyrics aren't necessarily like bubbly and fun. <laughs> but it's a cool little contrast there. Um, mid-tune, poppy loud guitar, and mid-high-level drums. Um Mid-high range vocals kind of really lets out some good yells through the chorus um, as she's singing her lines through there. Um, it's a nice track. It's not it's not what I go to Paramore for, but it's still a nice track. Oh, see, I, I love the chorus in this song. It kicks ass. I do have a couple notes from Haley on this song. Uh, she said, uh, and I think this is evident from the lyrics, but the song is a message to anyone who sometimes forgets that he or she isn't the center of the universe, you know, myself included. Uh, but kind of funny on this song this is another one where they said uh they were working on it and taylor was like yeah i don't think this is a paramore song like just because of how different it sounds yeah uh so even the band like they were like Haley said i thought it was going to turn in this weird song that nobody would ever listen to it was going to be there's this indie band i listened to that i was really inspired by and i was going to make this really erythral uh, ethereal, ethereal weird song and uh yeah so even the band they were like yeah we don't know about this one well, it's funny, too, because they do a couple of these on this album, and then after this album, they, they switch up the band a little bit, and they say, going forward, we're going to be playing different sounding types of songs, and then you get a lot more of this. Yeah. Um, but not nearly as good. I, I will say, of of that sound that they produce, this is the best of that. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So the next song, part two, which as I mentioned earlier, this is the sequel to Let the Flames Begin. Yeah, so talk to me about that. I want to hear kind of what's going on there. Um, yeah, so let me, let me just read some of the lyrics. What a mess, what a mystery we made of love and other simple things. Learning to forgive, even when it wasn't a mistake. I question every human who won't look in my eyes. Scars left on my heart form patterns in my mind. Uh, basically, Haley said one of her and Taylor's favorite bands, who I don't have it noted for the song, but I'll bring it up when we get to it later here. They like one of their favorite bands did like a bunch of sequels through their songs. Okay. And they were kind of like, oh, like we should do, like we need to do a sequel to one of our songs. And I guess they were just messing around and like this one, they, they, they're yeah, like, oh, like this kind of, you know, naturally. Yeah. yeah. And I think she was kind of like, not, maybe not like in the process, but like marriage wasn't going great. Um, so that kind of makes sense here too. Yeah. And yeah, she, I, she got divorced in 2017, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Which is around the time, but be- well, before the next later. album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, so that kind of, I don't know, it's a cool ad there. Um, personally, I don't know. I didn't need a sequel, but it is what it is. <laughs> anyways, um, next track, last hope, uh, mid slow kind of mid, right. Did I, I entirely skipped my bit on part two here. Let me go backwards. Sorry. Mid-high tempo, kind of mid-high energy track here. Um, another one where I felt like it was like Strokes music, the Strokes. Um, got that low, bumpy guitar kind of throughout and lower level verse or um, vocals. Uh, pop punky chorus, and then letting it rip all the way through. Uh, nothing crazy, but I do like the sound, so it's a good track. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so back to what I was saying. Last hope here. Um, another one, mid-slow, kind of mid-energy. Uh, strummy mid-tune electric guitars. It's kind of ballady, but not quite sweet enough to be a ballad. Um, it picks up a little bit as we go along in the song. It's just alright. Yeah, some people were saying this could be about the Farrell brothers leaving from the band. Uh, Haley said on this song she feels especially strong about the the lyrics behind the song, which talk about going through difficult times and having faith that you'll come out alive, well, and perhaps better than ever on the other side, which is a recurring theme, as we kind of mentioned, like throughout their catalog. Sure, sure. Uh, but some of the lyrics from this one that stood out to me, every night I try my best to dream, tomorrow makes it better, then I wake up to the cold reality that not a thing has changed. So, Sheesh. Yeah. Uh, next up is like the second, like what I would call like pop hit off this album, Still Into You. Yeah, this is absolutely pop rock here, and it's definitely a hit too. Um, you know, kind of similar to Ain't It Fun. It's just, it's not necessarily what I come to Paramore for, but I'm not going to knock it. It's still a, a really cool track. Um you know, she got these low tune guitars throughout and like bits of chimes and keyboards. Um, the, this chorus here is so catchy, man. Like you'll hear this. And it'll be stuck in your head all day. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny, like we're four albums in and then the label finally gets some of what they initially wanted, which is Haley Williams <laughs> doing like some, some more like popular Pop stuff. Yeah. But no, I mean th- this song, the chorus, like I love her vocals on this, on this track. I, I mean, this song is just, I don't know. This is, this is a song that like makes you happy when you listen to it. Yeah, and that's an interesting point is, like, you brought up her doing a little bit more pop stuff because the, the record wanted to. She's done a bunch of, like, ghostwriting for, like, pop punk, pop rock, pop artists. Like, Good For You, Olivia Rodrigo was co-written mm. by Haley Williams. That's cool. Um, You know, it would be a fun little bit to, like, look back and see if there's any other artists we've done so far that have done stuff like this. But, sure. Um, she's definitely been a huge influence for a lot of those, like, especially girl rock bands that have come up through the years. Um, That's cool when someone's really talented like that. Like, I know Chris Stapleton did a lot of writing before he blew up. Right. But getting back to this song, Haley said on this one, 
she was super happy that this song is getting played on the radio. It's probably my favorite Paramore song that we've ever written, actually. It's about commitment to that one person that you just fall in love with and you just have to choose and you just have to work so hard to stay in love. It's not an easy task. It's not a walk in the park, if you will. But yeah, yeah I mean, this is one of my favorite Paramore songs. That's cool. Song after that, Ankle Biters. Um, this is as hard rock as it gets for Paramore. Still, like, you'll maybe maybe that was an exaggeration. It's still, like, bit poppy, but it's pretty hard rock. Uh, high tempo, high energy, low tune guitars, um, high level, yelly vocals. I love this song, but it doesn't really, like, fit here. Now that you've had a couple of these pop hits and, like, a couple other things, it just doesn't fit. Yeah, the song structure... And like just kind of like shifting between sounds on this album is kind of weird because they have three interludes like. And it's weird that, yeah, to your point, they do a couple poppier ones and then there's this and then the next interlude is after this song. Yeah. And so like the interludes, right, when I when I see an interlude, I feel like it's it's intentionally placed where it is in the album, whatever album it is. Sure. Not necessarily this, but the point of an interlude is to like to make break a it point up. to break the album up a little bit. Um, and I, I didn't you know maybe i'm just missing something but i didn't get the feeling that this like the the interludes did anything yeah it's uh yeah i've got i've got something i want to bring up on the next interlude specifically okay yeah let's wait for it it's just kind of weird yeah there's it's just like adding a few more what i was gonna say it's just kind of weird like they don't have any or maybe they have one i don't know going from one or zero interludes on the first couple albums then like three it just feels out of place yeah i don't think they have interludes before this no so yeah it's strange but um regardless they're fine it's not but it's also not like the goofy interludes either it's just her playing ukulele having fun yeah anyways um speaking of that more ukulele having fun interlude holiday um and that's all it is just another ukulele track yeah after that is proof which this is actually the first song that they recorded for this album Okay, this is cool. And see, uh, it, that having said that, like some of the other songs, like Ankle Biters, kind of makes sense um, because this is another heavier track here. Um, so it's interesting that like they wrote this first, heavy, and then like softened up as they went and kind of sprinkled everything in, feeling haphazardly. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Um, but regardless, anyways, um, mid high tempo, high energy here, low tuned electric chords. Drum patterns are really interesting and cool here. Um, she's got real big, like, fuck everybody energy on this mic. It's fun. Uh, love the vibe. Love the sound. Great track. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have anything to add to that one. Uh, next up is Hate to See Your Heart Break, which is a slow, sad, sad song. Yeah, this is, uh, ah, God, another one where I thought she was, like, kind of sweet with it. Uh, like, soft, sweet ballad here chimes and strings and uh, you know little soft like quiet licks um but yeah sad as hell um but i think they did really nice work here yeah so this song was actually about taylor york from the band who i guess when they were making this album he was going through some very low points in his life uh so you know she wrote it for him but it is i mean it is a a gut-wrenching song absolutely yeah you can hear her voice throughout all right. After that, um, one of those crazy girls. And the bit here is that she is not one of those crazy girls. Yeah, it's um, sarcastic. Right, right. Um, mid-level, mid-tempo kind of pop rock track here. Uh, opens a little soft and sweet, and then the band kicks in like through the first chorus. Um, the vocals sound strained. They sound annoyed. Um, she's got these like raspy inflections on uh, certain lines. 
There's a sick solo in this track. You don't get a lot of it with this band, but it's really, really cool. I like the song a lot, too. Yeah, this is fine for me. So the third interlude on this album, which is the one I want to talk to you about, is I'm Not Angry Anymore, which can you explain to me why this has 100 million streams on Spotify? Not a clue. Okay. Not a clue, dude. I listened to it a couple of times and I was just, I was like, what? I just, I don't get it. The only thing that comes to mind is maybe, maybe this is like a bit in their shows that they play. Like they'll, they'll play this and well, then they play like, uh, I don't know. Still no, 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 because so the reason I would say no to that is a lot of their songs specifically, like that are what I would call good solid songs have like 30 million streams or 40 million streams, like. For this band, like 100 million plus was like only their hits. So I had no idea why this, this is what, a minute and a half, less than a minute <laughs> yeah. interlude and it, has and 100 million streams. It's not, it doesn't stand out to me among the interludes either. And even if they threw it on like, uh, if it was part of a soundtrack for a movie, like I just don't understand who's, who's like going to search for this interlude to listen to. And also like, you know, sometimes when you look at the, the listens for an album and you like look at track by track, the first and the second song on the album tend to be a little bit higher. Just yeah, naturally people start course. at the top and... This is this is the 15th track. 15th track on the album. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't get it. I was hoping you had some insight for me cuz no, I was like nothing. I was baffled when I saw that. Let me do a little digging for you as uh as we go along here. <laughs> All right. The next track is Be Alone. Um this is another pop punk track here. Mid-high tempo, mid-high energy. Um I love the the kind of crashy sound play between the guitar and drums here. Um I didn't think Haley did her best best work on this song, but it's still nice. Uh, it's just all right. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add. The last song on this album is Future, which is their longest song to date. I, th- I think it runs at just over seven and a half minutes. And it's pretty much just all instrumental all instrumental after like three and a half, three fifty in runtime. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's a weird track. I think you mentioned it. it's like eight minutes long. Um and then it just full instrumental with these like I don't know, strange, uh, like screechy guitar chords for like the entire back half of the uh, song. Um, the first half is fairly soft, uh, mid-tempo electric chords and like, kind of clicky drums, um, low range vocals, uh, and then like fuzzy mid-tune keyboard hits. Um, and then, yeah, about halfway through, it just like hits loud. And yeah. it's an oddball way to end this album. And Not a fan. This is one of the weirdest like compositions of trackless it's just really weird going like i said going from one or zero interludes to three interludes there's like two or three really poppy songs like scattered in the middle middle of the album then there's some harder stuff and then there's their their longest song which is half instrumental at the end of it like it's just it's just kind of odd yeah i didn't get it at all um it reminded me a bit of like what's that song on bleach um at the very oh, end, oh, uh, that just screeches away for like six minutes. Oh, you know what I'm mind. talking about. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's not even on Bleach. Maybe it was just that last song on Nevermind. Oh, the uh, ex- extended. Name, nameless. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Face. Nameless, yeah. faceless. Nameless, faceless. Where yeah. it just screeches away for like seven minutes. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah, not a fan of that song. But overall, uh, I'm not going to knock this album. It's a good album. Uh, it's strangely organized. There, you know, Some of the song choices I, I don't really understand for this album, like you mentioned. You and I would probably pick three or four different tracks, but if we could get rid of three or four different tracks off this album, I think it would make it a lot better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So do you have any notes on the time in between here, or do you want me to intro the next? Nah, go ahead. There's a lot there. So, Okay. So the next album comes out in 2017. 
This is After Laughter. The album cover for this, it's like purple, yellow, and blue. Uh, just looking at the album cover, you know it's going to be a different sound. Yeah, it's super like, this is super girl poppy. You know what it reminds me of is Scale of an Icy for 21 Pilots, where, they're, where Trench the same and Bleach were super dark and like dark colors, and this is like bright. Um, yeah. And it's kind of, it's almost in the same vein as is Scaled and Icy where some of the beats and like the music is more upbeat, but the lyrics are pretty dark for some of the songs. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head there. Um, this album, it's as I mean, I'm sure maybe you have something on this, but we mentioned already, this is after post post divorce. So maybe I'll let you get into that a little bit, but it's, it's an interesting album. Uh, yeah, she was married to the lead singer for, oh shoot. I don't know what what song this is under. In between, I, I'm not finding anything about this interlude. <laughs> There's like no reason this should be <laughs> drive so, me crazy, so bro. popular. Uh, oh, oh, here it is. Uh, oh, well, Chad Gilbert, who's a lead singer for another band that I did not write down. That's fine. Let me pull that up here. But, basi- but the divorce was messy. Yeah, she he cheated on her, and I mean that's never a good way to end a relationship no and she said something to the effect of like i haven't smiled in a while like after the divorce uh going into this album and i think you know this isn't a particularly happy album necessarily but i think it maybe raised her spirits a bit um a chad gilbert is a member of the american rock band newfound glory which i think is a pop punk band yes um kind of looks like a tool (laughs) anyways um but yeah, overall, the sound of this album is very different. This is very poppy. Um, the The old Paramore is dead, absolutely. Um, and before we get into the song by song, for this album and the next album, what I found is the first listen through, I was really apprehensive about it and I didn't really like it. But the second and third times through, I was able to pick out a track here and pick out a track there that I started to started to grow on me more. Yeah, I mean, there's certain tracks that I like on this album. There's a couple tracks I like on the next album. But I've probably, I've listened to this one maybe two or three times. I've listened to the other one probably six or seven times. And no matter how much I listen to the next one, I just can't get into it. Um, But let's talk about that when we get there. Yeah, so this album opens with Hard Times, which in terms of streams, I think this is, it's certainly top 10. It might be top five for them. It's at like 250 million streams. Uh the song is about just acknowledging the own bullshit in your life, according to Haley, accepting it, moving through it, sometimes defying it. The sound, I, I kind of got the vibe. This was like an intro to like an 80s movie where a guy's like walking down the beach. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is 80s pop sound, but like new school mix. I, I don't know quite how to put it, but mid-tempo, kind of upbeat vibe. Uh, oddly, oddly high-tuned guitars and synth. Mid-high tempo, poppy drums. Um, it's like fun up upbeat pop track here um again i don't think she's doing her best work on the mic here i think that she could give it a little bit more but that's probably more in tune with the music than it is like not being able to do it it's not a song i go back to in sticking on the comparison of skilled and icy for 21 pilots i really like that album Uh, there's probably a lot of (laughs) there's probably some 21 pilots fans that are like no like fuck you fuck that album I, th- I bet it's the same thing here. I'm pretty sure Alex is in that camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that probably really like this album. And uh, I, I'm not like We're not one it, of them. But I'm not, I'm not one of those people. Yeah, right, right. So the second track is Rose Colored Boy, which 
again, it, it's sticking in like that 80s pop vibe. Like the chorus is kind of catchy, but it's just, I don't know. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You get a lot of the same stuff on this track that you get on the last one. Um, I don't know. It's not bad, but it's not good. Yeah. And the title for the song likely comes from the phrase looking through rose colored glasses, which yeah. is an expression that means to have an optimistic outlook on something. Right. Right. Yeah. But the song isn't necessarily optimistic either. It's more of like a, uh, at least the way I understood it, was like um, criticizing this this guy who just sees everything in this optimistic light. Everything's going great. Yeah, and this this was the first track they recorded for this album. Okay, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah. So the next song is Told You So, which I, I honestly don't really have any notes on this. Yeah, and again, I, I hate to keep doing this, but I don't think I had anything different for this song than I did for the last song. Um, no, we just A little bit slower, but no, whatever. Yeah, we can skip it then. The next track is Forgiveness, which this one was uh, this one was better for me. Yeah, that's again, this isn't like something I'll go back to again, but I think the work here is better. It's just a, it's a more solid song. I think her vocals cuz like when she's singing in you you want forgiveness, but I I can't give you that. Like right. when she's singing that, it's it's she really She does powerful. really really nice work and she's got that maybe that's something I don't know if I've touched on it enough. Her voice is just so full. There's no frail to it, man. She sings with her fucking heart on almost every song. It's crazy. Absolutely. Uh, but anyways, yeah, it's a little slower, sadder, kind of low tune, mid tempo. Um, super poppy, but like sad poppy. Um, yeah, my yeah. note, my note on this one was this could be the backing track for like, you know, a rom com where Jennifer Jennifer Aniston's crying in the bathroom before she goes and gets Matthew McConaughey back. Or whatever, <laughs> <I think. laughs> oh man, yeah, I could see that. Uh, song after that, Fake Happy. It opens up as this, like, strummy, slow acoustic ballad, uh, which, like, stripped down guitar and Haley. Um, picks up into this mid-level, kind of mid-tempo, full band, uh, sound. Hollow, bumpy keyboard hits, cool drums. Uh, guitar picks up a little bit chorus. This ain't a bad song. This is the first one I was like, all right, this ain't bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the lyrics, it's, you know, it's more relatable. Uh, everyone has times where they're pretending to be happy, and some of the lyrics in this one, she's like, gonna draw my lipstick wider than my mouth and if the lights are out they won't see my frown like i was like god damn uh, damn so damn after that is 26 yeah and i kind of really like this one too uh so back to back here kind of sad ballad uh, acoustics and strings sweet sad vocals moving like fluidly effortlessly through her range and her levels um there's some good like background ooh eyeing um adds a nice touch this is a nice song yeah, I like this one too. It's funny Haley said on this one. This is one of the songs where, like, the sad lyrics aren't drowned out by like the upbeat, like poppy sound. Yeah, no, she matches it up nicely, hundred percent. Yeah, and some of the lyrics from this one: "Reality will break your heart. Survival will not be the hardest part. It's keeping your all your hopes alive when all the rest of you has died. So let it break your heart." Damn. Yeah. Song after that, pool. Um, <laughs> it just opens with chimes. It's kind of a weird open, but breaks into the sad pop rock song again. Uh, mid-eye tempo, mid-eye level. More strings kind of behind this full-sounding band that they have. Um, a little bit of a head bopper here. I don't know. I just kind of found myself like banging my head a little bit listening to it. Um, I don't think the vocals did anything too crazy, but it's just a nice sound. Uh, almost like sad, like 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 depressed, like out-of-energy sad type feel, you know? Um, it's not, not as good as the last two songs, but I think this one's all right. Yeah, I think this was one that I almost saved on the first go around, and I might have saved on the second go around, right on the edge. Yeah, hundred percent. I didn't dislike it. I just it didn't like kill it for me. 
Yeah. The next track is Grudges. Yeah, you got like a up tempo, upbeat kind of vibe here. Uh, all about getting over yourself, like getting over your shit, um, yeah. moving on from your grudges. Um, fun up tune guitar, quick drums, poppy synth, mid high range uh, and level vocals here. Uh, not a bad song. Not something I go back to, but not a bad song. Yeah, uh, same same note as you there. Yeah. Uh, the next song is Caught in the Middle. Which this one's more personal to Haley. It's kind of her dealing with the concept of just getting older. Uh, you know, she was in Paramore since she was fifteen. She's, you know, at this point in her life, probably late twenties, maybe early thirties. Yeah, it has to be in her late twenties, uh, two thousand five to two thousand seventeen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, late twenties. Uh, this is another song I kind of like off this album. Mid tune, chunky guitar, mid tempo, mid high level. Um, she really raises her vocals through the contor- through the chorus in this like awesome like just loud sound that we didn't hear a lot on this album. Uh, High tune guitars, adding licks through the verses, through the chorus. Uh, this is a good track here. Yeah, this was all right for me. Uh, next one is Idol Worship. Yeah, and this is another one, and it's very different. It's not something I usually find myself liking, but I kind of like this one too. Uh, Mid tempo, uh, super like thick bass line throughout this track. Uh, kind of sappy, pop, sassy pop rock here. Um, high range, high level vocals, fun vibe. Um, it, it's not necessarily a standout to me, but like just a really solid track. Yeah, it's the title's a play on the phrase "idol worship" I D O L by implying implying an idol worship I D L I D L E. Uh, you know, people that are challenged to not mindlessly accept celebrity culture and worship. Yeah, right, 100%. Jeez, that was like a tongue twister for me. Sorry about that, <laughs> No, guys. it is a tongue twister. <laughs> Takes a little thought to get through that one. Yeah. Uh, all right, next track, No Friend. Uh, mid-high tempo, mid-level, muffled male vocals. Uh, like, Haley doesn't sing on this track. Okay. Um, it, Like, you don't even really hear what the, the guy is singing in this track. It's so muffled, you can barely hear it. Yeah, so this is a guy from Me Without You, which Me Without You is the band name that I was trying to come up with earlier that they got inspired to write the part two song about. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, this is a weird track. This song sucks. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Might be their worst. Yeah, that's what I had. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I wrote down. Uh, yeah, so the album closes out with Tell Me How, which I do like I do like this as a closer. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, it's not one of my favorites, but um, kind of sad piano track here. As a closer, it, it fits. Right. Um. Mid, low level, mid tempo, um, low to mid level vocals. Not crazy changes throughout, but you can kind of hear like the dejection and the sadness in her voice. Yeah, um, and it doesn't disguise it as much with like the upbeat music. Yeah, um, yeah, another one. But it is worth noting that the last lyric from this song and therefore the album is "I can still believe." So it's still pointing towards optimism at the end, which is kind of right, cool. Right, right, coming out the ba- the back end of it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, overall, I don't think this album is dog shit. I just don't like it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. And like I already said, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bunch of people that really like this album. I'm not one of them. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we're the tar- target audience for this one. <laughs> yeah, so that was 2017. And now a couple months ago... 2023. 2023 this is back in May, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, something like this that. This is why it comes out. Now, what, let me let me just say this right off the top. I remember reading things about this album. So I was very excited for this album. Uh, I remember reading things, and, and she said something along the lines of, 
you know, we want to kind of get back to our roots a little bit. We're looking back, and I just want to yell. I want to scream. Oh, man, she got uh, you. I want to rip away. And this is, wow, I don't even know how to quite put this album. There's not, like, a, a box that this album fits into. Um, it's not, like, poppy pop. It's not hard rock. It's not pop punk. It's not anything. It's, it's, not, it's not even, sometimes you think it might be indie, but it's not even that. It's a collection of songs that don't fit together at all. Um, it, it's it's not catchy. Like I just I hate this album. There's also there's also hints of like COVID scattered throughout the album, like in certain songs where it's just like. And I've got a couple notes for it when we get into it, but it's just I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you. I I don't really like this. Uh, that all being said, I think she still does fine. Like there are moments. There are moments where she yells at the mic. Um, not entire songs, moments. Um, there are moments where she does really cool work in her like soft but like high range. Um, there are bits of guitar that I like on certain songs, but there's not a song here that I really need to go back to. But we're also to more band member changes. No, now we're down to three. There's just three down of them. to three. As I mentioned at the very top, the band lineup for this album is just Haley, Taylor York, and Zach Farrow, who's Ooh. come back. Yeah, and their the album covers just their faces smushed on, like a glass pane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty stupid. Album it's a cover. stupid album cover. It's a stupid album. <laughs> I can't wait for their next one. To uh, to coin your phrase, you can't take five years. Oh, actually, this would have been six. You can't take six years off and then release this. Thank you, thank <laughs> you, God. How many weeks in a row are we gonna do this, guys? <laughs> Every fucking time. But uh, yeah, anyways, um, can I let, let's have a, a quick truth serum about that idea though let's go like would you rather a band just stops or would you rather them wait the five six years and then put out this it depends how big of a fan i am yeah i feel yeah because if let's, let me put it this way if it's like one of my like all-time favorite bands lincoln park yeah lincoln park blink 182 they're gonna come out with a new album next month sure and if most of the album's dog shit, but I can still save like one or two songs, like even on uh, the hunting party, there's just I think there's just one acoustic track where it's like Chester just belting out. Yeah. Even if you get that those one or two like little nuggets, you can live with it. You can live with it. Yeah. Yeah. Still. But if you're like album. not like a big fan of the band, then yeah, most more often now you're like ah. See, and I am a big fan of this band, but I fucking hate this album. This is so bad. Um. Anyways, let's just get into it. Sure. So the album opens with. The title track, This Is Why, which is a very average song. Yeah, and I, I, again, my first note here is it's like it's hard to box even this song into a category. The best I can do for you is like low tune pop rock, um, up tempo, kind of fun dance vibe, um, which is weird. The lyrics aren't fun. Again, she's doing this like contrast thing again. Choppy disco guitar throughout, um, high energy in the in the chorus, she has her bits of, like, really nice yells. Um, she hits some really cool stuff. Uh, you get a little bit of the choral singing uh, through the chorus as well. It's not bad. But it's not good for me. You know what's weird about this? This was the last song they recorded for the album, and it's the opener. Yeah, and it might be their most popular song off this album, too. Because um, there are people who like this album. Uh, you know, but. So, Haley said on this song it summarizes the plethora of ridiculous emotions the roller coaster being alive in 2022 having survived even just the last three or four years you think after a global pandemic of fucking biblical proportions and the impending doom of a dying planet that humans would have found it deep within themselves to be kinder or more empathetic or something the the huh 
<laughs> the impending doom of a dying planet. Biblical proportions. Holy shit. I, mean, I don't know what COVID you went through, but. Holy shit. I mean, yeah. yeah, like you could say things aren't great, but God, biblical proportions. <laughs> this ain't the first pandemic we've ever. Anyways. Yeah, no, I know. I So biblical that mixed with some of the lyrics of this is why I don't leave the house. You say the coast is clear, but you won't catch me out. Like just. Just her saying that and then some of the lyrics, I'm like, God, like, I don't need to listen to another fucking COVID album. Like, <laughs> it's getting a little bit old. Even if it's just a song, it's just, I don't know. Like, when they write about it, oh, I'm, 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 gonna, <laughs> I'm getting on a roll Just here. getting cringy. <laughs> I'm getting yeah. fired up here. <laughs> when they write about COVID in the history books, or they, they're not going to write of fucking biblical proportions. Like, we all, <laughs> I just can't believe some people, like, like, when they're talking about this, they're like, yeah, like, I can't believe we all made it out. It's like, what fucking COVID did you live through? Not to get on my high horse here either, but like oh, I, I have to cut some of this. I, I feel like certain people have found it necessary in whatever takes they have to like one up the next person that they heard give that similar take, you know? <laughs> and so like to say it was like biblically like like the world is burning, uh is just like the the hype machine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um anyways. Yeah, we, yeah that that was this is why. <laughs> <laughs> so after that. follows that up with the news yeah this is not it, a great song either um kind of a similar sound to the last one but not nearly as upbeat um not heavy enough for me guitars like if they were a little crunchier this song might not suck so bad but <laughs> you know what my note was on this song i know the news sucks i don't need a song to tell me that what was the last time nonetheless a shitty song yeah what was the last time you watched the news i don't yeah exactly i my parents my dad i guess does but yeah, I can't remember the last time I watched the news. Um, but anyways. Anyone that watches the news on a daily basis, like multiple like hours, of pro- like not just one host on yeah. Fox or CNN, whatever way you lean or whatever, but like yeah. back to back to back, that becomes like that person's identity. It's a personality at that point, dude. Yeah. And, you know, I have expanded thoughts on that, but this ain't the place for it. So let's just go ahead. After right, that, focusing is back in here. running out of time. Um, opens with the like, kind of soft, jazzy baseline poppy drums um kicks in with like good energy disco guitar on the choruses mid-high levels um this one's pretty poppy i don't hate this song no sound wise actually this one's decent she hits some cool like yells on the chorus too it's um you know it's not bad oh you know i f- we should have opened with something else but my note on this song Haley Williams was inspired to write this song by her friendship with taylor swift uh which <laughs> we should have opened with that I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe she hasn't been out to sing Misery Business yet. <laughs> Dude, did you see the memes about them, like, putting together, like, a 101 for football for the Swifties? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you could go for three points or six. I just, I, I saw some incredible tweets this morning from true Swifties who were like, I saw an astrology chart. Oh, I saw that one, too. Oh, brother it was like a seven paragraph tweet it was unbelievable um, dude the uh big cat said this on part of my take where he's like yeah some of the swifties thinks that she's too good for travis kelsey like have you like travis kelsey is the man yeah i what a, what a clown too i think he's started he's taken up war with the swifties which is always a bad move you'll lose that every time doesn't matter um but yeah i mean not wrong like I don't know. I guess he's not Patrick Mahomes. Would Patrick Mahomes be like the akin to to Taylor Swift? 
I don't know, man. Travis Kelsey is the first, if not the second best, or maybe even third, whatever, but top three at his position, his job all time. Yeah, and I think he's certainly one of the more recognizable figures in the NFL, regardless of dating Taylor Swift, uh, you know, with the podcast blowing up and everything. Like, right. I think he's, like, pretty, pretty big kind of like, guy. Yeah, the fact that they have to whip out the astrology charts to show that he's not worthy of her. It's like, <laughs> get out of here. Did you, did you see the video of her leaving in the popcorn machine, oh, allegedly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard funny. she's been doing that on her tours, That's too. a good move. That's a, well, until somebody finds out that you're in the popcorn machine, and then you're in a popcorn machine with hundreds of Swifties like begging to knock over the, over the popcorn machine. I actually kind of feel bad for her in a sense of once you reach that level of stardom and it's like, oh, I can't even go out to eat or I can't even go to a public place without having to leave in a popcorn machine. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it's a fine line because on one hand, like, on one hand, you chose to be famous. On the other hand, I don't think anybody chooses to be that famous. No. That no. is taking on a life of its own. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fucking wild. So I do, you know, you you can have a little sympathy, a little bit of sympathy for her about that. Um, on the other hand, I feel bad for Travis Kelsey because this is going to end poorly, and then he's going to get fucking flambeed. Oh, dude, uh, whatever Mike sent earlier, or no, I saw a tweet about uh, how she's going to incorporate like the Chiefs not even playing anyone real, like playing the Bears in like her song lyrics and things oh, like that. Oh, brother, yeah, yeah, hilarious. Bears. Poor Bears fans. But anyway, I know it's already almost, we're running long here. Yeah, we're running long. Thanks for staying, everybody. Yeah. Uh, next track, Say Como Sa. Oh, thank God you said it. Uh, this is truly their second worst song in their catalog, in my opinion. So annoying. She just keeps repeating, Say Como Sa. Say Como Sa. No, 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 no. Oh, it's so fucking annoying. Uh, it's kind of this like up tempo, poppy track um, with like. Between the, the repeated sections, she's got these, like, soft kind of spoken verses, um, low bass tunes, uh, kind of high-tuned, like, choppy guitar, quick mid-level drums. This song sucks. Yeah, I wasn't 100% sure it was going to be in my bottom couple songs until I heard you singing it right there, and then I definitely elevated it to, to, no, 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 no. to the number, number two. Hate. Yeah. So, the next song is Big Man, Little Dignity, which... Again, I kind of like like the sound of the song, but the lyrics are just so. Um, I'm so just not the target stupid. audience. We're not the target audience for this. But I, I think the I think even if we were the target audience, they're just like just cheesy. It's cheesy as fuck, dude. Um, it's a little bit more ballady. Uh, they add flute into this song. You'll hear flute throughout. Um, there's some cool like mid tune guitar chords and poppy vocals. She does great work on the mic here. Um, regardless of anything else. Yeah, it's just what she's saying is. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this one either. Yeah. The next track is You First, which I actually had a note that said good. Yeah, I think this is the best song on the album. Like (laughs) you were talking about trying to find one track that you could pull away and like, okay, this is that one track for me. Um, Buzzy low tune, kind of high energy guitar, loud mid-tempo drums, mid-tempo, high energy throughout. Um, I like the little bits before the chorus with the low energy and the kicking up into the high energy. Um, Yeah, this is regardless of the album it's a good song yeah so two things one i like when she sings because karma's gonna come for all of us and i hope well i hope i just hope she comes comes for you first oh which i think is cool and then two uh, this is the note i'd alluded to earlier where i said i think she could be like kind of a head case she had a note when talking about this song where she was basically saying she was getting mad at people for fighting at a paramore show and then she was getting mad at herself 
for being mad at the people for fighting at a Paramore show and came to the conclusion that everyone <laughs> makes mistakes. But I was like, man, just, go, just going through the uh, the loop-de-loop there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, cool. Um. <laughs> just give me one second here. Why don't you go to the next one? Yeah, so the next song is... Man, we're really getting loopy here. Yeah. The next song is Figure Eight, which is another one that's uh, decent. I mean, this the song is about infidelity, which she experienced with her ex-husband. But I, I do kind of like this one. Yeah, I didn't hate this track either. Kind of weird keyboard licks throughout. Um, lower level vocals in the verses and then chanty choruses. Um, picks up a little throughout, but then it's not that crazy. Uh, guitar's low, kind of mid-level. Um, this is all about Haley, and she does good work here. Um, it's all right. Yeah, so the next song is Liar, which I, someone's going to have to fact check me on these notes. But according to Genius, uh, this song is about Haley's denial for falling in love with band member and partner Taylor York and fighting her feelings because she thought she was wrong to feel them. I don't think that's that crazy, though. Like, when you spend that much time with somebody and you, you have enough affinity for them to, like, be in a band for all these years and spend that much time on tour and whatnot, like, it's not that insane. Um is a softer ballad, sweet kind of soft singing from Haley throughout, low soft guitar and drums, soft strings on like a sweet tone throughout here. Um, that all being said, the the lyrics didn't strike me as sweet. Um, it's just an alright track. Yeah. After that, we have Crave, which this was another one that was. I didn't hate it. Yeah, average to above average. Yeah. Uh, mid level, mid tempo, uh, fairly simple musically, nothing special. Uh, really relies on Haley here again, um, and she's getting up and down and doing a good job. Uh, the chorus here ain't bad. I kind of like that. I thought it was a little catchy. Um, just all right track. Yeah. No, I'm kind of with you. And then uh, is the next one Thick Skull, or am I skipping one? No, it's Thick Skull. It's the last track. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the last track is Thick Skull, which... Uh, according to Haley, is reflective of her biggest insecurities throughout her career. Uh, the shit people projected onto me all these years, saying the band is a manufacturer, that I'm using my friends for my own personal career advances. Uh, I decided to speak directly to those fears, even indulging the naysayers. This being the last album of this era of our career is part of the same contract I signed as a teenager. I just want to leave all those fears and the bullshit here. I'm not taking it with me any further. So that's good the... For, good for her. Yeah. Yeah, and this song is... Uh, Musically, nothing crazy. I, I lost my notes, actually, but um, it, as I remember, it's just a fairly soft, simple track here. Nothing too crazy. She does good work on the mic again here, but overall, nothing special. Yeah, again, this isn't one, one I'm going to save, but after knowing what she wrote it about, some of the lyrics, I think it's fine as a closer. Yeah, I'm with you. So you want to do albums first? Yeah, we can do albums first. All right. I can go first here. I think we'll have a pretty similar list. Go for it. All right, so from worst to first, at six I have This Is Why, then at five, After Laughter, uh, four I had Brand New Eyes, three Paramore, two All We Know Is Falling, and then one Riot. Yeah, we only had one difference. Um, My six is This Is Why, then After Laughter. At four, I'm putting All We Know Is Falling. Um, I also have Paramore at three, um, Brand New Eyes at two, and then Riot at the top as well. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, and again, the first the first, first four albums are so good. Like, I don't think yeah you can't harp on anyone for having. Aside, well, I I would argue with anybody who didn't put Riot at the top, but that's maybe a personal preference. Um, but yeah, the rest of them I could mix and match. Yeah, for sure. You want to do top ten? 
Top 10. All right. Um, yeah, let me get going here. 10 to 1. Emergency at 10 off the first album. Then Let the Flames Begin. Hallelujah at 8. All I Wanted. That's what you get. Fences. Crush, Crush, Crush. Brick by Boring. Brick. Ignorance. And then Misery Business. Okay. We got some different songs. It's funny when we go through this now and like when you say like, oh, I really like this one. I'm like, oh, I bet he's going to put like Hallelujah. I was like, oh, I know he's going to put it in the top 10. <laughs> Uh, but from 10 to 1 here, I have at 10, The Only Exception, at 9, Crush, 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 at 8, Decode, 7, All I Wanted, 6, Looking Up, 5, Ain't It Fun, 4, Let the Flames Begin, 3, Emergency, 2, Still Into You, and 1, Misery Business. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you just have a little bit more affinity for those poppy tracks than I do, so I'm not going to knock it at all. Yeah, no, I, I just think some of those pop ones, like, Still Into You is like, I don't know, it's just super relatable. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm, again, not going to knock it. Yeah. All right. Concert set list here. Uh, let me get going. Opening with Decode. I think it's a Ooh, it's nice. a song with the, like that long open that you can really stretch out and do a lot of like you could do the the video on entra- or entrance. Da, 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 da. It's cool. Uh, high energy too gets people going. Open the encore with Brick by, Brick by Boring Brick. Another one where she's screaming her head off gets gets the people right back into the show and it's kind of like in their top twenty probably um, on Apple and Spotify. Mm-hmm. Next song, uh, All I Wanted. I think this is a great place to put this, this song. I think this is the – honestly, like, I, could, I couldn't think of a better second song on the encore than All I Wanted. It's She's going to trail off on that, that scream at the end. It's going to be so – it's going to be incredible. Um, and then I'm closing with Still, Still Into You. Um, I just think it's, it's a good place. You can have that, uh, that closing, hey, everybody, thanks for coming. We're Paramore type song. I did notably leave out Misery Business, and that's just because I think it ends the set. Or close to ends. Yeah, that's that's where you and I flipped. Uh, but we did have two of the same here. So I'm opening the concert with Born for This. I think that's another. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Gets right into it. And then I'm opening the encore with the code. So we're in a okay, yeah. like-minded there. Yeah. And then my second encore song, Still Into You. And then okay. I, I had Misery Business the last yeah, one. Yeah, so. no, I, I get it. Totally. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. Uh, next week, we are doing Core Day. Yes. Uh, uh, hip-hop rapper by Joey. Um, and then after that, I... What do you want to do? You want to do some rock? You want to do some country? I got a couple of ideas. Uh, dude, whatever you want. I'm good with I'm good with whatever. <sighs> We're running out of time to do country. I, I was going to say, I'm not going to want to do country in November, December. Let's do a guy who's who's kind of come up the ranks out of nowhere uh, lately. Not somebody in my short list and five or six songs that I've loved, um, but has critical acclaim and is kind of redefining country right now it's zach bryan oh okay like solo oh no yeah. no, 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 no no sorry never mind yeah. i'm confusing that with zach brown yeah, yeah, yeah. zach bryan, zach bryan. Yeah, yeah. yep yep it's um it's kind of this like slow not not slow it's just softer than it's not it's not luke bryan by any yeah stretch. no he's got some good stuff jake jake showed me some of his stuff so zach bryan i think he's got like three or four albums oh, cool so. i'm actually looking forward to that one a lot. yeah i'm interested in getting to that one too i don't know how much how excited i am but i'm interested okay so we'll do zach bryan and then uh kind of go from there maybe a grab bag coming up soon hell yeah Alrighty, guys thanks for listening follow us on socials tiktok instagram twitter and youtube at flip the record um follow us on uh podcast platforms apple spotify like, review, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the next one. Fun episode. Yeah, I like that one. I was excited to get all your takes on that.